MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN Primetime. Hour two of VSIN Primetime presented by BetMGM alongside Jeff Parles this evening, setting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Week two of the NFL season starts tomorrow night, Jeff, with the Kansas City Chiefs, a four point favorite against the Los Angeles Chargers, a hefty total in that one of 54. Uh, so, a, uh, as we all expected, a, a high scoring affair there. Uh, and we'll get to that game uh, as uh, as the show goes on, and certainly tomorrow as well. But a full slate ahead of us. Um, a little, I would say, more manageable, at least it seems, for folks uh, alive still in respective survivor pools uh, around, whether it be with friends and family, coworkers, or maybe you made your way out to Vegas and uh, signed up for the Circus Survivor. Over 6,000 entries and 56% of them uh, were eliminated in week number one. I uh, haven't made my decision just yet, but my lean right now would be the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I thought about it in week one. I decided against it, thankfully. Uh, but this spot, Seattle, short week. And then you look at the San Francisco schedule, and I don't know a clear option when to use San Francisco again. San Francisco, look, you want to try to use the top 20 teams, at least in your eyes, right? Because at least here at Circa, because you have the Thanksgiving week, you have the Christmas uh, Day games too. Denver is certainly a, an option that if you don't have the stipulation, Jeff, uh, in your respective pools, like 
the circuit survivor does where you have to play a Christmas or a Thanksgiving team that would, I, I would see why a lot of people w- would look Denver. I know uh, Adam Burke on VEASAN.com wrote up his uh, recommendation on survivor. And he said Denver this week, but I'm thinking San Francisco based off of the schedule, because they do get the Panthers and Falcons, but they're both on the road. The home schedule, you've got the commanders late in the season. That's a possibility, but you look at it right there. This would be, in my eyes, the time to use the San Francisco 49ers, unless you want to wait until, you know, week 16. But I believe off the top of my head, uh, the Baltimore Ravens in week 16, who I used in week one, uh, would be an option for for some uh, as that they play the Falcons at home. But uh, would you... Come at me with pitchforks uh, if I roll with the 49ers. <laughs> no, no, in, but I. And then Survivor this week. Tim, I would be concerned, though. And again, you can't take too much from the game and the slop from this past weekend for the Niners. We don't. We, if we knew nothing about Trey Lance coming in to the season, we still know nothing about Trey Lance. I mean, the weather in Chicago is horrible. And if anything, uh, that Bear defense maybe a little bit better than we think, and the weather really made that difficult for Lance. The only concern I would have here is you have a divisional game, Yep. Uh, a, a team that knows the Niners as a whole very well, even though they don't know Trey Lance. They haven't faced him yet in Seattle. The only thing is Seattle played so well for one half that they may have just they – they, they may have done the best they possibly can the whole season in that first half against Denver. I don't mind that one at all. The other good ones this week, and again, stipulations behind us if you're in the, in the Survivor here at Circa. Denver and the Rams both play on Christmas. Play each other. They play each other, correct. So if you're thinking you're going to get all the way there to Christmas, those are two teams that you may need available for that. So well, and the, the only- Rams, too, the the – They'll have the caveat is the million dollar bonus, right? But if you don't use either one of the two Super Bowl I, participants, I would say I, that doesn't worry me. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't worry me. Get to the end uh, uh, first before you do that. I would actually go with the Bengals this week. Now, I usually do not like going with road teams this early, but you're playing Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. You're playing the Cowboys, who looked awful offensively. I, even with Dak for two and a half quarters, they couldn't really move the ball, Tim. And there's really, even though Dallas, they have to force turnovers in, the, in order to win the game, and Burrow, of course, turned it over five times, I expect regression to the mean in a positive sense for Joe Burrow, where the T.J. Watt play was just an amazing play by T.J. Watt. How many players in the league could have even made that play? Maybe three? Yeah. Uh, the, the, Minka Fitzpatrick, the, the second interception, the double tip, uh, or excuse me, the third interception, fluky play, going to regress to the mean on that. So I like Cincinnati. Their schedule is much more difficult as you go along. That's another one, though, if you want to play for the extra million. You can't use Cincinnati either, but I would look to the Bengals, even though it is a road game, but Dallas looked that bad and has a backup quarterback. I understand that move. Uh, I'm sure they'll be used a decent amount. Um, I would hold back on Cincinnati. We'll see what the Falcons are as the year goes on, but they do get the Falcons mm-hmm. later on the season. They also get the Panthers at home later on in the season. It, so haven't made my decision just yet. Uh, a lean towards the 49ers, but I'll say this. Last week at this time, Jeff, I was actually leaning towards the 49ers. It's a good thing you didn't do it. I'm very happy I stayed <laughs> off of that. Uh, I ultimately went with the Ravens, which was the number one choice here at Circa. I believe 27% of the entries uh, rolled with the Ravens, so those uh, held on, but... 
Entries two, three, four, five, and seven all eliminated. So that's why we saw over 56% of the entries gone. And number six in New Orleans should have been out too. That is true, 27-26. So uh, if you had the Saints, uh, keep rubbing that uh, rabbit's foot that you may have had. I was happy about it because I had the Saints at plus 325 to win the NFC South. And the Buccaneers, while looked solid defensively and the Bucs were moving the ball, and we'll see uh, how they are. And as I mentioned, there's a whole lot uh, of injuries. I'm pulling up the injury list that I uh, sent out to uh, to producer Britton. Uh, Tom Brady didn't participate, not injury-related, you know, probably marital counseling or something like that. Uh, Mike Evans, limited participation. Leonard Fournette, limited participation. Russell Gage did not participate. He didn't play week one. Uh, Chris Godwin, I think he is ruled out. He did not participate. Julio Jones did not participate. Uh, Brashad Perriman, limited participation. Tristan Wirfs, limited participation. A lot of questions there when it comes to the Bill uh, Bucks. that is, uh, with injuries. And this is a team that was hampered with plenty of injuries in the uh, start of the season. So, you know, real quickly before we get to, you know, the uh, the moves and win totals at BetMGM, Seattle, or excuse me, Tampa Bay on the road at New Orleans on Sunday uh, this number sitting at two and a half, uh, not brought up by Eric in a teasable spot, uh, but this certainly now down to two and a half where you've seen the money kind of come in and back the New Orleans Saints to an extent. This game reopened three and is now sitting at two and a half. Um, look, I like the Saints a lot this year, but as you mentioned, they were very fortunate to escape Atlanta with the victory, but now they're back at home an opportunity to uh, to take advantage uh, of a, what seems to be banged-up Buccaneers team. Uh, so is this a good spot for the Saints to uh, to take the lead in the NFC South on Sunday? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we've seen since Tom Brady went to Tampa, in the regular season, New Orleans has owned the Buccaneers for whatever reason. They're 4-0, covered all four of those games. I, I am just so concerned about the middle of Tampa Bay's line. We know how battered they are in mm-hmm. in the middle. And now even Donovan Smith's in, obviously uh, in trouble there with that elbow. So, Tim, I would I would look to New Orleans here. I like them outright. I like them at three. I don't know why I didn't bet it at three. I'll see if we can get another three before this game kicks. I don't think we will. Uh, but I, I like New Orleans to get this thing done. And I think of all the teaser options in a traditional sense on the board here this week, that is far and away the best one up to eight and a half. Yeah, relatively low total, too. So you're looking at 44. So, you know, the options that uh, that were mentioned um, by Eric, you mentioned Washington on the road, that moved up to seven and a half. And, you know, I think New Orleans is really uh, a great look, looking at the, the low total uh, there on the board. So if I had to make one, and I probably will, uh, I would probably roll, even though are the Jets at a, or excuse me, the Giants, Jeff, at a point kind of like what um, Eric was alluding to, Eric Eager, who joined us last hour, in case you missed it. He said, I'll paraphrase, but are we sure that the Detroit Lions at this point can beat a team by more than a touchdown? That's why he was intrigued by Washington, and I don't disagree with that. The same goes for the Giants. Now, it is the Carolina Panthers, but... I thought the Carolina Panthers showed well and showed fight to get back into that game. Are we sure that the Giants at this point are capable of beating a team 
by more than a touchdown. Well, unless if uh, unless if Baker turns it over a bunch, which sure. could happen, sure. Uh, knowing Baker, as we know, that would be the that would be the path to the Giants winning a game by more than eight and a half points, eight points, whatever your teaser number would end up being. Uh, it, Tim, I, I would look for another teaser one that seems to be going under the radar, uh, mostly because it feels like everyone on planet Earth is on New England this week against the Steelers in a a spot where everyone would say that is it is a bounce back spot for New England and a market high what was supposed to be a market high on Pittsburgh and of course the the market has bet New England from a pick to two two and a half in some spots I don't think New England's capable of beating anyone by more than a touchdown right now so the Steelers would be the other one in that category that I would look at. Well, I know I sound like a broken record. And and now you do have – I am concerned about the health of Najee Harris. He says he should be good mm-hmm. to go, which is which is huge. We were initially worried that Liz Frank injury could certainly be a, a possibility, Jeff, uh, to hold him out of this game. T.J. Watt will not play uh, with that pec injury. Not as serious as an initially anticipated, but he will not play uh, for the next six weeks or so. But when you're looking at totals – and totals come certainly into play when it comes to teasers. It's the lowest total on the board. So right. those points are more valuable than any other points mm-hmm. that you would utilize in any game out there. So, you know, have Pittsburgh up to eight uh, and even some spots at eight and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with utilizing Pittsburgh. in that. Uh, I'm going to have to be very disciplined to not bet Pittsburgh this week. <laughs> I, 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 I know I know the spot screams New England. Buy but, low on New England. Uh, but. What did the Patriots show us against Miami that they can go on the road and beat anyone, that, anyone, period? How about a team that has a good defense even with no T.J. Watt? That's Jeff Parle sitting in for Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It's VSIN primetime. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is VSIN Primetime here on VSIN. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, that's Jeff Parle sitting in for Sean King. We'll chat with Jonathan Von Tobel from VEASAN coming up bottom of the hour. We'll get his thoughts and looks at week two of the NFL season. Um, DeAndre Swift, by the way, kept out of practice today for the Detroit Lions. So something to keep in mind. We were talking about teaser possibilities uh, that number was at two and a half in favor of Detroit. Now down to one and a half. Uh, there's no DeAndre Swift. Now I will say this, uh, Jeff, that it, it certainly felt like Washington was a bit susceptible to the run, uh, and no Fedarian Mathis moving forward as he's out for the year. So you know that could be something to keep an eye on. Uh, but no, as we're just kind of talking out, feeling out different teaser possibilities. If that's the way you like the role, um, certainly try your best if you can find a a minus 120 juice teaser out there uh, because there's different books that'll get up, get up on the price on you. So if you can find that minus 120, uh, certainly the way you would, uh, would like to roll in that one. So I would say if you like to tease up the dogs, uh, I think like the most, like you and I particularly like to do. Now there's certainly some spots that you could tease down. I think that's more popular, Uh, but yeah, a couple spots that, uh, that would jump out. Uh, to me. So Jonathan Von Tobel going to join us here in a little bit. We'll talk some NFL. So I'll also talk some college. Uh, he's got some thoughts on uh, Notre Dame and Cal, which uh, makes me want to vomit. Um, okay, Jeff, let's take a look at some win totals. We talk about overreactions. So we've seen movement at BetMGM in the win totals. Bills from 11.5 to 12.5. Vikings 9.5 to 10.5. Eagles, nine and a half to ten and a half. Browns, this is interesting, eight and a half to nine and a half after the win uh, over the Carolina Panthers. Dolphins, eight and a half to nine and a half. Giants, up to eight and a half from seven and a half. Commanders to eight and a half. Bears to six and a half. So, is there any buy or sell high opportunities there? in that updated win total market at BetMGM after week one in your eyes. All right, so let's let's go through these real quick, Tim. Yep. The Bills were favored in the game. They won. They move up. 
Yep. Okay. Expected to win. Minnesota didn't open a favorite. They closed, closed the favorite. favorite. Yep. So that move makes a little bit of sense. A nine and a half to ten and a half. Philadelphia favored to win. They move up as well. You get the theme here. Yep. Cleveland, another one. Back and forth, favorite, non-favorite, favorite, close the dog. They move up. Miami, same deal. We're supposed to win that game. Uh, Washington's also in that boat. So I would look to attack one of those teams that won a game they were favored in and bet it under because technically they won a game that they were expected to win right. going into the season. The Giants and the Bears ones I wouldn't touch. Um, of course, they won two games that they weren't supposed to. Um, that's why those numbers are up a win. And that's technically correct because they just won an extra game that they weren't supposed to. I would look to attack Miami. That would be the one I would look to attack. Uh, go under nine and a half. They beat New England in a game where New England's offense was able to move the ball a little bit. But then uh, whether it was on Miami's accord or New England's accord, they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. So I would look to take Miami. Uh, they're going to they're an underdog this week against Baltimore week four on a Thursday night against Cincinnati. Uh, they're going to be a very, there's going to be a very short period of time that this number nine and a half, because I think they play Buffalo week three, too. They do. So they're going to be an underdog, underdog, underdog these next three games. I would be surprised if that number uh, ends up uh, ends up not coming back down pretty quickly after that. Yeah, you, you look at the Miami schedule. So you mentioned underdog this week against Baltimore. Then you're at home, but you'll be a dog to the most highly power-rated team in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. Then a short week on the road at Cincinnati, underdog there. Mm -hmm. Home to the Jets, favorite favorite there. But then week six, home to the Vikings. Um, Depending on how things go, uh, yeah, I I would say there might be a dog there. Uh, The back half of the schedule is, is quite challenging. Uh, they do miss the Browns without Deshaun Watson. The, uh, the they, middle the middle's good for them. That's mid- where they have to make hay. Middle, go middle is certainly manageable. But, yeah, you make a good point because they were a favorite to beat uh, the New England Patriots. There was some backing in the market. The Browns are an intriguing one. So they get the road win at Carolina. They closed – I believe they closed a slight dog in that game, if my memory serves me correct. So the Cleveland Browns, a team that was taking just countless under money – what did you make of the Cleveland Browns in that performance against the Carolina Panthers? Did you come away impressed? They were able to run the ball well, and, and I think that's what we anticipated. And now the Cleveland Browns, you know, I would say I wouldn't play it right now because look at their schedule. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL in the first six weeks of the season. So it might be an opportunity, uh, especially at BetMGM, Jeff, where you can just sit back and wait. Okay, how are they going to do? They got the Jets, they got the Steelers. They'll be a favorite in both of those games. At the Falcons, either a short favorite or a slight dog. Uh, home to the Chargers, they'll be a dog. They'll be a favorite against the Patriots. And then that's where it gets challenging. So, yeah, up to nine and a half, I understand why. Uh, but I'd be curious to see what the market ultimately does if they do get off to a, a hot start here because the rest of the schedule is certainly quite challenging for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I would wait if you're going to bet a Cleveland in-season win total because I expect them to win this week. Coin flip with Pittsburgh. They're going to be favored in Atlanta. They could get out 4-0 and see that number jump even further, and then that's the time to come in and attack that under. That would be the way I would play it. I think you can, go, you can get a little bit better than 9.5 when it's all said and done. All right, so from the good to the bad, teams that lost this week and then their win totals got uh, went uh, way down. Uh, that would be the Dallas Cowboys. So went way down with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Makes sense. 
uh, with Dak Prescott. So the Rams go from 10.5 down to 9.5. Here's an interesting one. The Bengals are now at a, in a win market of 8.5. Will they be 500, Jeff? The Titans dropped two games because they lost to the Giants, a game in which they were favored, closed 5.5-point favorite. The Arizona Cardinals down to 7.5, and, and then the Dallas Cowboys, as you would anticipate, Jeff, take the biggest drop of any team uh, thanks to the injury to Dak Prescott from 10.5 down to 6.5. So looking at these, any buy-low opportunities out there when it comes to uh, updated win totals at BetMGM? Are the Rams a buy-low candidate? They were a home dog and they lost. Granted, they lost by three touchdowns, but is that a buy-low opportunity on the Los Angeles Rams? I would go with the other Super Bowl team. Cincinnati I Bengals. would go with Cincinnati, getting them to just go over 500 and 9 and 8. I think that's pretty good, Tim. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. Yes, they were a six-point favorite at home and lost outright. I, I understand why the, why the number moved. But look at how Cincinnati got to losing that game. They needed, in order to lose that game, five turnovers by Burrow, Evan McPherson having a PAT blocked, and then missing a chippy field goal because of a bad snap and lace. Laces, laces out, guys. Just remember that. But I think Cincinnati, he, he, even though Cincinnati has a hard back end of the schedule, they still should be able to make hay early in the schedule. So I, I would look to the Bengals over four and a half. The Rams concern me because that offensive line now, Von Miller was awesome on Thursday night last week, but the Rams offensive line really struggled. I don't know if Stafford's really close to being 100% healthy. That would be one I would tread a little carefully with. And in Arizona, I would wait because you're going to have an opportunity to get a six and a half sooner rather than later with the Cardinals. I, I know that's a, a, a good opportunity potentially to bet them on the spread this week. I don't think they're winning here in Vegas. I wouldn't be shocked if that number continues to come down over the next few weeks. Yeah, and when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm not all that worried. I, I understand that you look back at last year and there were some very fortunate uh, circumstances that helped lead them to the Super Bowl. But at eight and a half, I, I feel like this maybe is the buy point because this might be the lowest you're going to get them. On the road this week as a seven-point favorite, then they follow it up by a road game at the Jets where they'll be a, a favorite against Joe Flacco or you know, maybe you see Mike White, the return of the Mike White game. Hey, it will be the second go-around against the Bengals, Tim, if that happens. I mean, it certainly gets challenging after that. You've got uh, Dolphins, Ravens, Saints, and then the Falcons uh, following that up. But, you know, I, I'm not overly concerned by the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the moves that they made uh, in the offseason to, to try to bolster up that offensive line. So uh, we will see. You know, quickly jumping to um, – to make the playoff props. Mm -hmm. If you had a Detroit Lions make the playoffs ticket, where are you at today? Because we talked about it on the show all, all, quite a bit. It was that, look, I, I get it, man. Dan Campbell seems like, and I said man, because Dan Campbell said that word about 3,000 times in hard knocks. They're a likable team. I want them to be successful, but I thought people were going a little too overboard with the fact that the Detroit Lions were going to make the playoffs. So they were the most bet on team tickets-wise, but the most bet on team handle-wise with the Dolphins. And as you see right here, the biggest liability is the Dolphins. So if you're bet MGM, are you worried today that your biggest liability to make the playoffs, which is now minus 130, they're off to a 1-0 start? No, I'm not, not a, worried. Not a believer in the Dolphins. No, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. That AFC is so stacked. 
that it's going to be really difficult for Miami to get through. Now, the extra wild card, they could get the seven seed and sneak in the back door, but I, I, I don't see it. I thought Miami was an 8-9, 9-8 team going into the year. That's why I like that under 9.5 uh, in-season win total more than anything. Talking to Jonathan Von Tobel next. He's got some insights on Cal Notre Dame for those green jerseys going to his handicap. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, 24-7 video season prep, including our weekly college football, college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off. The monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options. Become part of the Sports Betting Network. Along, alongside Jeff Parles, I'm Tim Murray. Jeff sitting in for Sean King tonight. Uh, quick glance at the Cubs. They lead 5 nothing over the Mets. Yeah, it's a heck of a stretch. Tom Glavin back for 2007 right now. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'll just laugh. Awkwardly, but we'll bring in our next guest, Jonathan Von Tobel at MeJVT on Twitter, our senior NBA analyst, also writes for the site, uh, hosts on the weekend, and uh, my favorite show, of course, part of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast feed, which is the Lines Revealed show on Sunday. So, JVT, uh, we appreciate it as always. We'll start in the college ranks with a game near and dear to my heart. I'm curious your thoughts on this one. Cal visiting Notre Dame the number is sitting at 11 right now for the Irish, who are off to a last check. Yep, 0-2 start, lost to Marshall with a microscopic 41 total. What is uh, your angle on Saturday in South Bend? Well, and I'm, that is why I wanted to bring it up, Tim, because I wanted your thoughts on it as well, because my initial thoughts are that, look, it's it's been a rough start for uh, Notre Dame. Specifically, their offense has not been very great. But I think at this point, we kind of know uh, that when you look at them defensively, specifically up front, it's a real strong advantage that they have. And I watched Cal UNLV and I'm not impressed with Cal's offense. And that's not a shocking statement. I think that's kind of just followed Cal around in the Wilcox era for a long time. I think that we're kind of at this point. I know there's a couple of 10 and a half out there in the market that if we're talking like 10 and a half, if it gets to maybe a flat 10, then maybe this is a little bit of a buy low spot for Notre Dame in a, I guess I would say a matchup against a lesser offensive opponent like Cal. I'm just not a really big fan of what the golden bears bring to the table here. But what do you think? Cause I, I think this, when you're talking about overreactions and, and looking to play kind of some on these bad news tidbits, I think Notre Dame fits the bill of it perfectly. My worry about laying that number, JVT, would be the questions I have about the push up front. Now, I think this this week was a come-to-Jesus moment for the Notre Dame team, as you mentioned. They do have talent. They do have first-round picks on the roster. Isaiah Foskey and yep. Michael Mayer are expected to be first-round picks. So I think they kind of take a step back and, and reevaluate everything. I think you're going to get your best foot forward by the Irish. The thing that I'm looking for, to be honest, and and JVT, I'll throw it back to you on this because you watched that UNLV Cal game. I honestly did not. But from what I gather and what you kind of always gather from Justin Wilcox teams, 
I don't really know how this team's consistently scoring. I'm not a big Aiden O'Connell guy. So if you're looking at a total of 41 and a spread of 10 and a half, you're looking at team totals around 25 and 15. Yep. I would look under Cal team total. That would be the probably way I would roll because I could certainly see a 20 to 13, 20 to 10 really ugly game in South Bend where the defense, I think the defense is embarrassed, honestly, after their performance that we saw against Marshall. Marshall ran the ball down their throat. So that would honestly, of, of all the plays that are out there, when a team total pops, anything north of two touchdowns, I, I would lean Cal under 14 and a half or 15. Probably that would be what the market would set, JVT. Yeah, and I think that's a better way to attack it because it's going along the same lines that I'm thinking here with this game for Notre Dame. And you're right. Like when you watch that game against UNLV, they score on their first two drives, second drives extended by penalties. And then after that, they had, UNLV actually really does a great job of making adjustments and shutting them down for the most part, holds them to six the rest of the way and has a chance to win that game with their final drive at the end, which, by the way, uh, a defensive pass interference call, not called in the end zone on the Rebels' final drive on a fourth down, which would have given them a first and goal at the one-yard line. So that is a, a, a result that is very much, I would say, uh, should be questioned. So I say yes, like all of these things put together, and this is why I wanted to bring up the game, maybe a different way to attack it for me is going to play like an under team total cow, because if Notre Dame is going to cover this number, like I somewhat expect, I think they're going to be able to kind of suffocate Cal's offense. And that was not an offense. I was overly impressed with that for the first two drives on Saturday. John, let's go to the NFL saints hosting the bucks. We know the history in a regular season since Tom Brady has made his way to Tampa saints are four and straight up four and against the number yeah. uh, line currently uh, two and a half after uh, it was three to open up things. Yeah, I grabbed three, Jeff, with the with the Saints before moved. I like I like this Saints team a lot, and I get it. You know, they they struggled a little bit with uh, with Atlanta in Week One, but I talked about this with Matt Brown on Friday. You know, don't be surprised if Atlanta actually has some spunk when it comes to their offense. Marcus Mariota is a guy who worked under Arthur Smith back at Tennessee, so they have some continuity there. There's some relatively good offensive pieces. So didn't freak out about the start there for New Orleans. And that second half, that offense showed some real promise. Three consecutive scoring drives, two of them were touchdowns. Jameis Winston graded out well by PFF standards and others. I really like the Saints team a lot, and it kind of plays on a bigger picture here. Now, I bet the Saints to win the NFC North, or excuse me, the NFC South, that would be quite the feat. Uh, but to win the <laughs> NFC South, right? Because I, I think that they're being undervalued by the market so continuing to play along those lines here i'm not really comfortable like with this three on the road for tampa bay and home field's really not worth that much anymore but they win i think five of 13 five of 14 tampa bay did on third downs in that game against dallas but very disjointed couldn't take advantage of some short fields that the cowboys gave them i think the Saints team is a really in a really solid spot to play on here against the buccaneers especially at that full three that i grabbed so we'll see what the market does but i think the market's got this right and taking it off that field goal you know yeah we just talked about a jvt and i know you'll you'll get into the teaser game every once in a while too uh, I think this is a really good teaser spot right now with the Saints with a yep. relatively low total of 44 the market is clearly backing the Saints so you know I missed the three Jeff missed the three you got it but I think a way to to you know maybe not force a bet at two and a half if you don't feel comfortable there you could do a teaser and, and if you want to pair them with the commanders or uh, you know uh, another team that's sitting there at two and a half or so I, I think that's a way to a way to look we're talking to jonathan von tobel at me jvt on twitter uh catch him on fridays as well as he mentioned he uh sits in for stormy as she hits the road for her uh weekend uh endeavors with espn so he was always sitting in with matt brown on vsin final countdown um jvt looking at the cards and raiders uh we were kind of discussing this a little bit beforehand when we had eric eager on this number is now up at five and a half 
Um, is this an overreaction on a really poor performance by the Arizona Cardinals against the Kansas City Chiefs? Or is there just systemic issues with the Arizona Cardinals? How do you handicap Raiders and Cardinals with that number rising up to five and a half? I think it's an overreaction, and it, and it blatantly ignores some of the issues that the Raiders are facing. They lost two defensive backs to injury in that game to the Los Angeles Chargers, and that's a secondary that's already really, like, I call it paper thin, right? Like, Nate Hobbs, a really good second-year player, but outside of that, they really don't have much in the secondary. So if they start to lose guys like Morig, then all of a sudden you're looking around and going, who in the world's playing corner for us? Like, this is, I think, when you look at it, this is the market, I think, getting a little overzealous about what happened against Kansas City. The Chiefs are extremely good. We get that. And the defense was atrocious. And all of those corners for, and safeties uh, for the Arizona Cardinals graded out extremely poorly. And Patrick Mahomes, if you look at some of the numbers, really picked them apart. But at the same time, the Raiders are not in great shakes. They are, the Raiders, shaking up their offensive line. They're moving their rotations around. Their secondary is beat up. Uh, like if this continues to climb, because there's a sticks out there right now, like I don't know how you're not taking a look at the Cardinals in this spot, just given the market's overreaction and the fact that these injuries are kind of piling up in the secondary for the Raiders. And also, just point out, we don't know what the status of J.J. Watt and others are for the Arizona Cardinals. They could play here, which would be a massive strength against a shaky offensive line that was beat up quite a bit by the Los Angeles Chargers who didn't really blitz that much. So I'm really surprised that the number keeps moving here. So I'm going to sit back and see where I can get it, but I'm, I'm going to be back in the Cardinals this weekend for sure. John, in, in about 90 seconds here, which absence means more to you tomorrow night, Keenan Allen or Harrison Butker? <laughs> I, I, I would say, I think it's going to be Keenan Allen. Um, hey, it's, a, it's I, a, kickers are people. It, hey, it's an all world kicker for a guy who got cut by the jets last year. That's the only reason I ask. I was going to say, of course, it's a Jets tie. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. I, I, was, I was not as impressed with the Chargers coming away from that game. If you look at some of the numbers for like Asante Samuel Jr., who got cooked for over 100 yards by Devontae Adams and others, I think you're, you're setting up here, and the market's telling you so, uh, that the Chiefs might be in for a pretty good offensive performance yet again. I'll say that much. For what it's worth, I agree with you, JVT. Someone, someone asked me that earlier in the day, and I actually had to think about it a little bit longer than I would have anticipated. I got to sneak in yeah. one, uh, <laughs> one NBA question to our NBA, senior NBA insider. Uh, and, of course, it would be about the team that won't make the playoffs, but everyone's talking about the Lakers. There we uh, go. Is Russell Westbrook going to be on the Lakers in, in uh, middle of October when the season starts, JVT? I'm going to say yes. There's not that many deals out there. And if he isn't, it would be the Pacers who he, who would grab him. All right. There you go. Uh, JVT, always appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you. There he is. Jonathan Von Tobel at me, JVT. You know, uh, you've, you're ahead of the game. You've already done your write-ups for the website when it comes to college football. I will do mine tonight. And uh, I think I am going to add in team total Cal under 14 and a half, which is a, a scary proposition, right? One pick oh, six boy. from a backup quarterback, a fumble ruski. I think we're at the point where if you can't keep Cal under two touchdowns, it's kind of the might be in trouble. What are we doing here? <laughs> moment of the season. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. We head to the land of corn, Lincoln, Nebraska next right here on Visa primetime.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you wait, you make a wager at BetMGM. You can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows in hotel rooms, and over 20 at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program. 
featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with the BetMGM with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger price piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Alongside Jeff Parles. Keeps his heart on his sleeve when it comes to the New York Mets. Sitting in for Sean King, who's tweeting up a storm right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about like protections and and offensive lines, so keeping busy. I I, I got to ask him about it tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> what he was doing? He was uh, I guess someone out there was criticizing. I think it was Jason Brown, the uh, the guy from um, uh, Last a- Chance You. Oh, okay. Who was uh, tweeting out? I guess protections that Kyler Murray didn't see, and Sean went out. I don't know. <laughs> At real Sean Quing- King. If you if you miss Sean, uh, check out his Twitter feed. He's being uh, He's being quite busy out there. Very so. active. Very active today. So uh, thanks, as always, to Jonathan Von Sobel. He'll join us each and every Wednesday here uh, on the program. So interesting angles there. Uh, you know, I think JVT, to an extent, like many of us, not all of us, but, you know, the market tends not to overreact. Betters, more often than not, do. And when you look at Cal, Notre Dame, you know, this is a team that's near and dear to my heart. Now, a team that Brad Powers, I would say, knows very well, too. And uh, he laid it, or took it, excuse me, with Cal uh, in this spot. I would have a hard time taking the 11, or laying the 11, I beg your pardon, with Notre Dame. But I, I do feel like, as I mentioned, kind of going to break a little bit. If Notre Dame, at home, with all of this... All of these questions, calling out their head coach. And this is a team, too, remember, you know, when Brian Kelly took over, he took over after a coach was fired, right? So the culture's not great. This is a different situation. They had had five consecutive 10-win seasons heading into this year. They went 11-1 and in the regular season last year. The culture's good. The leadership's good. I think this is an opportunity where Notre Dame probably had a tough week at, at practice. I give them credit. They let both their coordinators talk yesterday, which was a step in the right direction. You know, face the music. Uh, Al Golden in, on the defense, Tommy Reese on the offense. And more so for the defense, if you can't bottle up Cal, it's going to be a long year. And North Carolina is going to score 50 on you in two weeks. So that's uh, that's where I stand on that. So Notre Dame loses as around a three-touchdown favorite, as did Nebraska this past weekend. And that led to the firing of Scott Frost and a gentleman who joins us right now. Uh, he knows a thing or two about what's going on there in uh, Big Red Land. He is the host of Big Red Wrap-Up. Uh, he is Michael Severe, at Michael Severe on Twitter. We appreciate it, Michael. Uh, I know that uh, you've been getting some grief from uh, from the fan base <laughs> a little bit about your viral video. I don't want to go too in-depth of that, uh, but I do want to just jump into, was this a big surprise that Scott Frost was fired now? Because from afar, like we sit here in Las Vegas, well, seven five million reasons why you wouldn't fire him until October 1st. So why did Trev Alberts make the decision when he did to make the move on Frost? 
Well, they, they lost to Georgia Southern. Um, maybe you <laughs> saw that game. Uh, and, and, and really, really and truly, they could have lost to North Dakota. Obviously, they went over to Ireland, lost to a Northwestern team who really couldn't stop Duke, but Nebraska couldn't do enough on offense to win that game. So you combine all three of the games, the $7.5 million to us obviously is a lot of money. But for Nebraska, it's a drop in the bucket. Um, you have so many donors here. They have, they have an issue now with really uh, 300 with a $240 million new facility they're building for just football. So they don't, they have the money. It's not a big deal. And if you remember because of the reconstructing, the restructuring last year of the contract, they're actually going to save between 10 and $15 million anyway, even though they, 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 uh, they basically ate the seven and a half that they could have gotten back in two weeks. Well, what should be expected out of interim head coach, uh, Mickey Joseph, do you, do you expect anything to change pretty quickly, at least for even, even just a, a few cultural things right out of the gate, uh, where the uh, the uh, obviously the losing had been uh, a little too much over the last few years. Uh, much like Tim is with Notre Dame, I'm a homer for Mickey Joseph. Mickey Joseph uh, went to opposite high school of me in New Orleans. He went to Shaw High School. I loved watching the guy play. Greatest high school player I've ever seen him play in person. Uh, so I'm kind of biased. I think Mickey's going to do really well. It's a whole different voice. Um, it's somebody who actually wants to be there. It's somebody who's going to be at practice every day on time. It's someone who's going to make sure that there's accountability for the players that are on the field and the guys who are on the bench and the people in the meeting room. He's already made some changes. He made an adjustment in the secondary. You had a secondary coach in Travis Fisher that was coaching both cornerbacks and safeties. They split that up. Uh, they brought a guy in who worked with Mark Whipple at Pitt, who is going to now be the wide receiver coach since Mickey moves the head coach. He's already made some changes. They're hitting in practice, which they haven't been hitting in practice before. He also changed the day off. Now they're going to be off on Mondays. So they'll come in on Sunday after the game, watch some film, get some treatment, and then have all day Monday off to be college students. So a lot of changes in the couple of days since he took over. We're talking to Michael Severe. Check him out. The Big Red Wrap-Up Show. Also, uh, there in Omaha, Severe Reaction. Very creative name, by the way. Great, great job, Michael, on that one. Uh, 1620 The Zone there. Um, uh, all right. Well, we're a betting network. You know, I took yes. I took the 14 with Nebraska when I saw it. It actually opened 16 where we sit here at Circa when they opened the yeah. market on Sundays. And now the money's filing in on Nebraska, the wise money, uh, the, the money that moves uh, markets, because you know the public's loading up on Oklahoma. You know, I'll say this. I said earlier in the show, Michael, look, Scott Frost was terrible winning games, but he could keep games close. So I yeah. think Nebraska, you know, we always talk about overreactions. The game of the year line at South Point over the summer here in Las Vegas was three. three. And a half. Was, was actually oh, open yeah. three. So, yeah, oh, you're nice. not far okay. off. So yeah. do you anticipate this Nebraska team with Mikey Joseph to just give it everything they've got? You know, Fox is in town. I mean, everyone is there, and everyone thinks they just are, are terrible. Well, you know, it's They've been dogs the last two years, and when they're dogs, they cover. It's when they're favorites, you can't bet them because they're not going to cover. Um, I, I think they're going to do – I picked the game at 38-28 uh, on the show on, on, on Tuesday. I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer. I mean, you guys have watched Oklahoma play. You saw how it looked against Kent State. Nebraska's going to move the ball. Mm -hmm. They have talent at wide receiver. Uh, Trey Palmer has been very good. Um, they brought Marcus Washington over from Texas along with Casey Thompson. He's been good as well. The run game has been kind of a surprise because the offensive line is not very good. But Anthony Grant and then the true freshman, A.J. Allen, have been very good as well. Uh, they're probably going to get their starting tight end back, who's been injured since week one, Travis Vokalek. That's big in the middle of the field. They're going to move the ball. The question is, can they stock Oklahoma on the ground? I don't think they can stop them, but I think they can score with them. And so I think the over is the bet. 
Um, and I think Nebraska stays within the 11, 12, wherever you have it. And I think it's more of a it's a, it's a one-score game because that's what Nebraska plays, one-score games. <laughs> Total right now, 66-and-a-half at BetMGM. Uh, non-betting question here in the last 90 seconds we have with you. When the search is all said and done, who's the next man in Lincoln? Uh, my line is Matt Campbell. I know that Trev Alberts, the athletic director, is a big fan of Matt Campbell. I know that for a fact. I think Matt would be his first call when he when he can make that phone call. Um, and if they don't get Matt Campbell, then I think they have a list of guys. Uh, I know they love Dave Aranda, who, of course, was in the Big Ten at Wisconsin defensive coordinator in LSU, so understands big-time football. I think that's definitely a choice. And then if you're going to get the local guys, uh, Lance Leipold at Kansas used to coach at Nebraska and when UNO had football here, so he's kind of a local guy I think they would look at as well. Um, and then maybe even a, a kind of a far off one, uh, the former uh, coach at TCU, who's now, of course, at Texas Ooh. as a consultant. That is one that I think has been talked about within the group of people who's making this decision. Of course, he's 62 years old, so maybe that's a concern, but that's certainly a name to look for if they get through the first four or five people and they say no. no we know Gary Patterson can coach. Yeah. We know that. Oh, no doubt. He's getting yeah. a lot yeah. of credit for uh, the way they uh, schemed it up against Alabama uh, last weekend there for, uh, for the Longhorns. Hey, Michael, I know you're a busy man. Uh, and a lot is going on, so we appreciate you jumping on real quick. No problem, guys. Sorry I was late. No no worries at all. There he is, Michael Severe. Uh, and check out his uh, Big Red wrap-up show. Uh, he did uh, have a little viral moment uh, with, uh, with telling it how it was about the whole <laughs> Scott Frost situation. Uh, look, I'm with him. You know, I took the 14. We talked to Brad Powers last night. He thinks that... Uh, Big Red is is live on Saturday, and uh, you can get as high as 11 and a half. So maybe producer Britton will be happy uh, with his corn, keeping things close. Once again, as a dog last year, four and one ATS. So they may not win a lot of games, but they keep a lot of games close. That's Jeff Parle sitting in for Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. We'll keep that college football discussion going. Top of the next hour right here on VEASAN. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.